Hi, everybody. Um, so as they said many times, my name is Julia, and I am the next-gen pastor here at the Meeting House East Toronto, which is just a fancy word for children and youth pastor, um, which is just like totally my jam. So I'm so excited to be here today in a youth service. Um, like my Lola is sitting right in the middle, so I'm just going to talk to her the whole time, so don't feel ignored. But um, yeah, youth is really important to me. I became a Christian as a teenager because of people like me and Jen and the people in this community. So it's really a big deal. So we're knee deep in summer. It's all, how is it almost August? I have absolutely no idea. But summer fun for my family included a week up at Minioe. So we went up to Minioe. The kids did sleepover camp, all three of them. And I volunteered. So volunteering at Minioe for me involved um, hanging out with the youth leaders, so the leaders for the kids, um, caring for them, keeping their staff room clean, which was not an easy job, let me tell you, making them snacks. So if you know me, you know my love language is feeding people. I'm Italian, it's natural. So I brought up popcorn, we got freezies, we, I made them iced coffee. Like when I went to camp, you were lucky if you got a juice box, but like these people are living their best lives. So. I'm in the staff room one day. There was a couple of big rainstorms up at camp. Some parents were like, is everybody okay? You know, it's raining really bad. It was, so the Wi-Fi was spotty. So in the staff lounge at Minioe, the leaders are allowed to use their phones during their breaks only. So the Wi-Fi is down. Imagine the panic that's happening in the staff lounge. So there's one particular um, girl, woman, who's probably like 18, 19, and she is like losing her mind over the fact that she cannot get Wi-Fi on her phone. And so I'm like puttering, making popcorn, cleaning, listening to the drama. And I'm thinking like, honey, it, uh, you need to chill in my head. But I'm like, how can I help? What can I do? Can you find out what's going on? I'm like, yeah, I'll find out. It's the storm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to do. I, I'm hoping she was trying to choose her, her courses for school or like look up a Bible verse for Bible study. Maybe she was posting selfies. I don't know if teenagers do that. Do they do that? Sometimes, or she was putting up a TikTok, who knows? Anyway, so I was really compassionate with her, kind to her. I even actually set up a hotspot on my phone for an hour so she could use it. But I just made me think of how in that moment for her, it was the most important thing that was happening. And she was so upset about it and could not focus on anything around her. I'm like, there's fresh hot popcorn here. She didn't want any of it. She wanted her phone fixed. So today, we're going to um, dig a bit deeper into how God helps us handle these kind of situations. When we are so engulfed in something that's happening, we feel sad, we don't know what to do about it, it feels like it's gonna last forever. So we are going to jump into um, a specific passage of scripture that Jen mentioned in John 16, verses 19 to 24. So I'm going to read through it once, and then we're going to dig deeper into the different parts of it. So let's read together. This is from the message, and I thought it was a good way for us to get it in sort of simpler language. Jesus knew they were dying to ask him some, what he meant. And so if we look back, this is Jesus hanging out with his disciples, and they've been talking about um, what's going to happen next in terms of Jesus's life, but in a roundabout way. He says, are you trying to figure out among yourselves what I meant when I said, in a day or so, you're, you're not going to see me, but then in another day or so, you will see me? Then fix your, your minds firmly on this. You're going to be in deep mourning. 
While the godless world throws a party, you'll be sad, very sad, very sad. But your sadness will develop into gladness. So in the next part, he says, when a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There is no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out the memory of pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain, but the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy, and it will be a joy that no one can rob from you. You'll no longer be so full of questions. And he goes on to say, this is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping with the things I have revealed to you. Ask in my name, according to my will, and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. So that's a lot to take in, a lot to understand. And I'm a little bit confused, and obviously the disciples were. And Jesus knows that his friends are, are confused, and they're trying to figure out what he's saying. But clearly, they're just not getting the point, right? So maybe I'm putting my human's like, um, position on Jesus, but I think he was a little annoyed with them. You know? So, um, but we know that Jesus is foreshadowing his death, right? They don't know that. And um, so if we go into verse 20, he lays it out as simply as he can. He says, fix your eyes firmly. Um, sorry, then fix this firmly in your minds. You're going to be in deep mourning. So mourning, what does mourning mean? Sadness when someone is gone, right? So if someone passes away. But I don't think it's that simple. I think it means you can mourn a stage in your life. You can mourn a relationship. You can mourn something being lost. He says... Um, sorry, uh, the godless of the world throws a party. You'll be sad, very sad, but your sadness will develop into gladness. So he's trying to make it clear to them how they will feel when he got, when he leaves without revealing the entire plan, right? Because in keeping with God's plan, they're on a need to know basis. So if we go back into, um, chapter 12 of this, of this, sorry, verse 12 of this chapter, Jesus tells him straight up, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them now. And I think that's interesting. Like, as a parent, often kids are on a need-to-know basis, right? Like, I have lots of stuff in my head that I can't tell you right now because it's going to make your mind explode or it's going to be upsetting. And I think that's interesting that Jesus shares that with them. So he just wants them to know they're going to be sad. And while everyone else is going to be in party mode, but it won't last forever. Sounds pretty good, right? So did you catch the part where Jesus tells them not to be sad? No, he does not tell them not to be sad. I keep coming to the, back to the fact that it's actually okay for us to be sad when something happens, that Jesus is encouraging us to explore our feelings about that. You know, we don't have to be Barbie happy all the time. Um, sometimes we get to be Wednesday Adams, and that's okay. So a few weeks ago, um, there's like a big group of kids that goes to our school, our local school, and one of the girls lost her phone at the park. She doesn't know if it fell out of her pocket, if someone took it out of her sweater. So all the school moms, we call ourselves the school moms, were helping her look for it. It was like 8 o'clock. It was getting dark at the park. And we got to the point where we couldn't, we couldn't find it. And everybody had to go home. And this girl was so devastated. Like, she was bawling. Her friends were bawling. We all felt sick for her. Like, you know, it's an expensive thing to lose. And it's like kind of a, you know, a lifeline or a link to your friends, especially as a teenager. It would be, I would be devastated if I lost my phone. So, you know, she had every right to be sad and to express her sadness. 
losing your phone sucks and it's just a loss for anyone. And she'll be sad for a while, right? Like she'll, she'll have to figure out how to buy a new one or how to work for a new one. But eventually, she'll move past it, you know, and it won't become such a big deal. And eventually, you know, she'll maybe get a new phone and be able to have joy and fun again. So um, just like Jesus is telling his friends in this story, sadness is inevitable. It's going to happen in our lives. Um, but it's not going to last forever. Now, I know that the example that Jesus gives is about a woman giving birth. Well, that's great for the people that have given birth in this room, but what about the rest of you, right? So it says, when a woman gives birth, she has a hard time. There's no getting around it. But when the baby is born, there is joy in the birth. This new life in the world wipes out the memories of the pain. The sadness you have right now is similar to that pain, but the coming joy is also similar. When I see you again, you'll be full of joy, and it will be a joy that no one can rob you from. You'll no longer have so many questions. So in this room, we have, I have to read my list because I had to think in my head. So we've got dancers, we have hockey players, we've got soccer players, volleyball, are you called players? L lacrosse players, baseball players. There, I, there was gonna be a cheerleader here, but she's sick today. Swimmers, taekwondoers, taekwondo artists. I don't know what that one was. Um, and more. Did I miss anybody? Did anybody's sport, did I miss it? Horseback riders, I don't know. Okay, so, skiers. skiers, okay. So think about it like this. You're in a tournament or a competition and it's like a whole weekend long and it's super hot and you're working really hard and you lose your match or you lose your competition. And so you're sad, but then the other team, they win, right? So they're having, they're rejoicing while you're sad. And you're like, oh, this is brutal. But then you win your next match. And so you're rejoicing while they're, while they're um, sad. And so you go through the tournament with the hard parts and the easy parts and the happy parts. And at the end, let's say you're successful and you win. And so all of that hard work that you went through is not diminished, but it ends up in joy. And that, I think, is what God, the example God's trying to give us now with the, the story of the women giving birth. The promises that God gives us in those, in those stories is so hopeful. So in verses 23 and 24, this is what God says to us. This is what I want you to do. Ask the Father for whatever is in keeping the things I've revealed to you. Ask in my name according to my will, and he'll most certainly give it to you. Your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. So God's telling us, or Jesus is telling us to ask God for the things that we, we want and we need. And the cool part is your joy will be a river overflowing its banks. It's kind of abstract, but if you think about it, when you drive down downtown to the Don River, like we're not talking about the Don River. We're talking about the river of chocolate in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, that's the river that's overflowing its banks. Like, the, the chocolate is overflowing onto our feet, and we're, like, licking our fingers. We're so excited. Okay, so this promise from God gives me so much hope, personally, in my own life, and I hope that it does for you, too. I've had, been through a lot of sadness in my life. One of the things that has brought the most sadness for me was losing my mom from cancer 10 years ago. I mourned, I was sad, and I cried. And some days I still do cry. And the thing is, when you know my mom passed away, people were there for me, and it was really it was great. 
for like two weeks and then everybody has to go back to their life, right? So things still happen, birthdays still happen, parties still happen, new babies are born, weddings happen. And while you're still sad inside, other people are rejoicing. And the thing is, as time has passed, 10 years now, it's gotten easier and better. And it, that, that missing piece is still there, but it's not the whole piece of my puzzle anymore, right? Somebody told me this really great analogy that like grief and sadness is like a bookshelf and your life is a bookshelf. And at the beginning, grief is the only book on the shelf. So you've got this big bookshelf that you walk by every day and you're like, oh grief, oh grief, oh grief. But then as time passes, you have vacation and um, accomplishment and uh, you know, I, you grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four. So grief is still on the shelf. She's still there. She's not going anywhere, but she's not the only book there. And so it can be like that with the sadness in our lives. It's always going to be there, but it's not going to take over. And the feeling, the, the terrible feeling is only temporary. And the beauty part is, is because God promises us joy, joy here on earth, but also joy in the afterlife. So things are going to be hard here on earth, and you will continue to have questions and challenges and sadness. But one day, you will be free of those questions. Free of the questions, the sadness, the lost things, the broken bones, the broken hearts, the mean friends, the body image issues, the mean parents, or the parents that you perceive to be mean, <laughs> but are just looking out for your best interest. Um, it's just gonna be joy. And whether we encounter some of that joy here on earth, I hope you do, I pray that you do every day, but that we have a promise from God to find that joy in the afterlife. When we know Christ and we meet him one day in heaven, um, there will be overflowing joy, endless joy. And I, that's what I think about with my mom. It's like she became a, a, a Christian before she died. She wasn't a Christian my whole life. Um, she became a Christian before she died. And so losing her was super hard, but also there's that promise of the joy of seeing each other one day in heaven. So a relationship with God here on earth is amazing, but it doesn't guarantee an easy life. It doesn't guarantee freedom from pain, but it does mean an eternal joy that we can't even fathom. So if you guys have any questions about what it means to know God, to have a relationship with him, I would love to talk to you about that. Um, it can be simple and it can be complicated. Um, I don't you know, I don't have all the answers, but I want to talk to you about it and be there for you. And I know, like, there's lots of people in here who feel the same. Um, but, you, you know, you can come talk to me, send me an email, a text. Don't TikTok at me because I don't, I'm old. I don't even know. So maybe send me, don't send me Facebook because you guys don't have Facebook. But anyway, I want to talk to you about it and I'm here for you. So, friends, basically our takeaway here is today, we're going to have hard things. They're going to get easier, and they won't last forever. And so that's a huge promise from God, from Scripture, from Jesus, that I hope you can take with you this week and, um, you know, find something solid that you can hold on to. So I'm going to pray. God, I am so thankful for the promise of joy that comes from knowing you. Thank you for the time to unpack this small piece of your words through Jesus' Jesus' life to learn more about how you love us and what you want for our lives. 
I pray for my friends here who will go through hard times. I pray that they remember how you told us that we will go through hard times, that it's okay to be sad, and the best part of all, the sadness won't last forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.